Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play, and welcome once again to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're joining us live, you are enjoying the fact that the Suns just completely dismantled the Memphis Grizzlies for the second time this season in a dominating 122-99 to victory, pushing the Phoenix Suns to a record of 26-12. and Matthew, as I welcome you onto the podcast, What's how fun on? was that game to watch? How great was it to see the Suns come back following a loss and perform in the manner in which they did? Yeah, you know it's not it's a really great game when you're not taking notes in the fourth quarter, right? Amen. You're just sitting back, relaxing, watching the bench play. And I'm wondering to myself, why am I still scared of this Memphis Grizzlies team? I shouldn't be anymore, right? The Suns kind of have their number now this season. It's funny because in the years past, going back over the past about five seasons, the Grizzlies have been a worthy opponent. They're a team that has shared a lot of the lottery picks around us as they've been in development mode. I like to think like the Grizzlies and the Kings are two teams that are both trying to own the same space as the Phoenix Suns. And this just goes to show you how different of a Phoenix Suns team that this is. You look at this season, we've played them now three times, and this is our third and final time playing them. And... You know, again, this isn't a team we probably are going to be uh, jockeying for positioning when it comes to the playoffs, but we did lose to them on Martin Luther King Day, 108 to 104. Then we beat them 128 to 97, and then we beat them again tonight, 122 to 99. Knowing that this last game, the game prior to this, was the one where they sat pretty much their entire lineup to see them come out at full strength with Ja Morant, with Jonas Valachunas, with everybody who they, you know, their starting lineup it proves that the Suns are just in a completely different tier of a basketball team nowadays. Yeah, they definitely are. And they're they're a team now that can kind of play around with them in the end. But the Suns, I think before in the season, you can kind of see them play around with teams that gets out of hand, but now they kind of get it under control to where they can kind of experience with some things on the court, not too much. So once they start turning the ball over, they're like, all right, all right, let's just finish this game off. So that's what they did tonight. Absolutely. A great win by the Suns. If you're joining us live, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, go ahead and uh you know, give us that thumbs up, that subscribe. That's where you get all of the best Suns content, not only from us, but from Fanning the Flames. And again, on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you want to email the show, session at gmail.com, you can email us a question. We'll bring it up on the show in our mailbag part. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Phoenix Fan app at Suns Jam. Yes. I got this nice little Super Dario shirt. Looks so beautiful, thank you to the, to, to the Phoenix Fans app. Go yeah. check that out. Uh, you can follow me like on Twitter you. at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lucy. Fantastic. All right. So I'm not popping a beer. Well, don't tell the people who are listening, but the people who are watching and see that I'm not going to pop a beer. It's a squirt. I got a squirt. Squirt for a squirt, huh? There you go. So uh, why not? Right. You know, I just, I just, it's all right. It's I a, like it's a weeknight. I'm trying to, I'm trying to drink a little healthy bit sugars, right? Healthy sugars from the squirt. I got the water. So it's 38 grams of sugar, now. but no caffeine. So. <laughs> 38 crack of <laughs> that's a lot right oh yeah not for a 12 year old but yeah for us all it is. right well shit uh pop them if you got them sons fans <laughs> soda i'm not really cheers a soda yeah, be weird. cheers cheers let's talk about this son's victory
Game two of a five-game homestand for the Phoenix Suns sees the Suns go up against their old foe, a team that was annoying in the past but apparently no longer is, the yes. Memphis Grizzlies, and the Suns win by a total of 23 points. And Matthew, I, I, I kind of uh, prefaced yes. my I got a no question before we talked about it, but I got to know, did the Grizzlies scare you at all anymore? They don't now. No, they don't. But honestly, when they when we play them again, they will. There's something that happens where when the Suns play uh, a team, they blow them out. I'm like, okay, I'll be okay next time they play them. But every time that team comes back to play the Suns, I still get nervous. I think it's just part of being a fan. So I don't think that will ever go away with a lot of these Western teams, even if it is a blowout. Because who knows? Next time it's revenge. Maybe they get JJJ back. So there's a lot of things that can go you know, at the Suns in a bad way. But I just right now I'm enjoying this one, man. Yeah, you have to enjoy a victory like this. The team looked crisp. It it was kind of a rough first quarter. I think they shot roughly 36% from the field in that first quarter. But after Mm -hmm. that, I mean, the team just was gangbusters. You look at how they performed, uh, even with them shooting only 36% uh, from the field in the first, they still ended that quarter with a total of 24 points, and they were one behind Memphis's 25. But then they scored 36 in the second, 36 in the third, and 26 in the fourth when you have Jalen Sticks out there getting and ones. So a purely dominating performance while maintaining that excellent defense that they've been doing as of late. Yeah, and they had all the guards come in too. It was awesome. It was a lot of the bench guys we haven't seen in a while. You know, Chris, I mean, C4, he was in there, but he's played last game too. But you also had Galloway come in, which was really fun to watch. Uh, Frank came in early too. You had Sarge come in to play with Aiden. So a lot of these guys were coming in. You even saw later in the game, they had the four guards and Sarge in there at once, which was kind of interesting. And then they had the three guards with um, Aiden. And then also, I think, um, Mikhail Bridges on the, in the, on the line. So I, I thought that was kind of fun to watch. They were kind of experimenting, like I said earlier, where you can kind of experiment, do some things. I don't know if they were trying to just uh, close them out early with all the guards, try to shoot threes, get to the rim in a way, and just play real small ball. It's kind of weird to watch, but I guess it was kind of effective. Well, the lineups were definitely something that Monty was experimenting with tonight, knowing that he didn't have the services of Abdel uh, Abdel Nader didn't play, and that's somebody who's been picking up a lot of those minutes where Galloway is spent on the bench. You've seen Abdel Nader pick up those minutes. I thought it was really interesting that the way that he was trying these rotations. And I mentioned it at during the uh, Pacers game. You know, the Suns enter the fourth quarter of the Pacers game down by 20. And a lot of Suns Twitter was kind of upset that DA wasn't getting any minutes and things of that nature. It's like, listen, the, the team's down by 20. This is a good opportunity for Monty Williams to experiment with some of his small ball lineups. Those lineups in which Dario Sarch is the five and the team is trying to beat you with athleticism and shooting versus trying to beat you with like the Jay Crowder and the uh, DeAndre Ayton lineups where we're going to try to beat Mm -hmm. you more with defense and physicality. So you saw that in the Pacers game, and then you saw just kind of as a victim of circumstance tonight with no Cam Johnson, with no Abdul Nader, that he had to kind of start his rotations a little bit different. And one thing that he had, he got right off the bat, which I absolutely love, is the fact that Crowder was back in the lineup. And I know we've talked about it multiple times that not necessarily how you start, but it's how you finish. But I just think that Crowder starting in the lineup is just the way it should be. I think that's our best starting five. I know that Kaminsky, you can bring him in in certain matchups, but you know, I feel like that time of Frank Kaminsky coming in and and starting it's we've moved past that point of the season. That was, you know, like the, the 25 to 35 
game mark. Okay, we've moved past that. It, it's now back to solidifying our starting five and making rotation adjustments off of that. Yeah, you say that, but honestly, we're going to go back to Frank, I bet you. It's just going to happen. For some reason, Monty's going to keep switching it up. I mean, I've been a uh, Jay Crowder fan my whole life for the last year. Him being a star in the start. <laughs> my, my whole, whole life, life for the last, the last year. year. <laughs> yeah, my whole life I've been a Jay Crowder fan. And then this last year, I want him to start. He's a glue. He's really the attitude this team needs, I think, in the starting lineup. And if he has a bad game, We've said it before, just keep him in there. I mean, he is the ultimate glue guy for this team. I don't care about matchups. One thing I wanted to say is like, so if you bring in Frank and you have like a, a big center, like Valanchunas or last game, who the hell was it? The big guy, I don't know. They brought in Frank to help start against him. But it's like, how big does DeAndre Ayton have to be just to like try to maintain that guy himself? Why do you have to have two guys in there to really take on a seven-foot center? Like, I feel like, you just have to jab Jay Crowder in there. He does it just as good as a job, I think, as Frank does. Because Frank is tall. He's long. But he just stands still. He's not very active. Jay, he can get down low. He can put his body, his elbow, into the back of a lot of those guys. He does just fine. But like I said, he is just the glue guy that needs to stay in the starting lineup. But I love Crowder for not saying anything. I think he knows himself at the end of the season, maybe even going to playoffs, he'll be in the starting five lineup. He'll be that guy where we'll see on ABC on Sunday when we're playing the Los Angeles Clippers. He'll be the guy in the starting lineup with this beautiful lineup. And I, I don't, I, I love the fact that he hasn't said anything and he just goes out there and plays like a lot of these guys. Yeah. Pure professional does what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it. And, and whenever his number's called and he's asked to start, he's been starting. Whenever he's been, mm -hmm. been asked to sit on the sidelines, he does that as well. I just, I like more of a, I, I'm a defensive guy. And I know that uh, who brought it up? Code brought it up in the, in the chat. He says, Kaminsky's is a great, as great at passing the ball to Mikhail and Aiton. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, one of those wrinkles that does make, Frank Kaminsky more appealing is the fact that he can really help this offense flow. But when Jay's in there, you know, you're going to get some better defense overall because of those things that you mentioned, because he's willing to get down on the low block uh, and, and throw his elbow and his hip into a guy and move him off his spot while still having the ability to guard the perimeter. He's a lot more versatile on those guys. So when you're playing the Indiana Pacers and you've got Sabonis and Miles Turner, yeah, you're going to start with your, you know, your two big guys and in, uh, in an effort to try to big slow guys. them down. And then you, then, then Frank doesn't get any, uh, uh, I don't know what's, he doesn't, he's not productive. He doesn't get any minutes yeah. after that because he, he gets played off of the court yep. because he's brought in to try to just put a body on those guys. And he doesn't have the capability to do so. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, we're spending obviously way too much time talking about the Jay Crowder, Frank <laughs> Kaminsky rotations that Monty yeah. deploys, uh, but it's, it's a nice problem to have. Both of these guys have done a great job. I mean, again, the team is 26 and 12 when one Ooh. of those guys starts. So I'm not really kind of uh complaining about that, uh, but I did like the fact that he started. Uh, and then you look uh, and you saw how Galloway finally got those early minutes. Yes. And do, do you think that he should take over those Abdul Nader minutes or those more minutes? Oh, or is <laughs> tough, right? Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, it's just, it's good to see him. Like I said, with Jay, when Jay is in and out of the lineup, it's like he doesn't complain. Galloway doesn't either. He actually Hell showed no. Monty tonight, too. Like he does so much more than shoot threes. Mm -hmm. The one three, uh, oh, sorry. The one three, oh, sorry, I gotta look up the stats really quick. For some reason, I forgot. But uh, like I said, Galloway, uh, yeah, he was 0 for 1. The one three he did make, it was, you know, called off for a foul. But he yep. went to the start, he went to the line or he went to the rim a lot, which I love mm -hmm. to see. He shot the mid range. He did other 
other things. He just looked rejuvenated. He looked like a guy that was ready to earn back his minutes. And that's the way these guys play because they know. And I think EJ said on the broadcast too, where it's like Monty knows these guys are ready to play that they can play at any given situation. That's why he loves the fact that he can call upon him after not even playing for four or five games. And he comes in and he just is productive and he gives like the team the second unit, like uh, another splash of energy, something that they didn't have last game. The second unit played terrible. This game, they Langston came in and Javon Carter came in. They gave him that energy they needed in this game, I thought. No, I agree. And he's instant offense. And he's somebody who, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look up here while I'm talking the last time that he played because it's been that long since he played. I can't remember his last actual game. But like you said, he comes in. Yeah when he's called upon just like the other you know he's a professional just like the rest last time he played was february 22nd against portland the game that we won by 32 points not mm-hmm. portland you know last week where we won by six the time before that that's the last time Langston galloway played and he comes in this game when his number's called upon he scores six points on three for four shooting with two rebounds two assists and like you said was forcing the issue uh um putting the Memphis Grizzlies in compromising situations. And that's what you want. You know, this is a team full of professionals. And that's why so often when they talk about, and by they, I just mean, you know, kind of the national pundits and, and the bleacher report and some of son's Twitter where they say, you know, well, we need to make some additions to this team. It's like, I understand that we do need to make some additions. I I'm not a hundred percent opposed to the Suns making a move, but I'm also hearing a lot of, uh, given the fact that the playoffs now have 10 teams with, you know, there's not going to be a lot of guys. There's less sellers this year. So mm-hmm. you, you, hopefully you like what you have. And I really yeah. like what we have. We have a team full of professionals who know how to score and know when, when their numbers called that they need to perform and don't complain about it. Uh, otherwise, when you talk about some of those big names that are out there that the Suns potentially could target, those are guys who might want to have some more say in their offensive uh, production on the team because the, they're going, most likely going to be going into contract years or free agency, and they want to have produ- uh, productivity as a part of their uh, stat line so they make some a few extra dollars. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And I think that it, it's just tough. With the trade, doesn't come, we're going to hear it back and forth. If the Suns lose you know, let's make the addition. Let's trade somebody. If they win, we love it. We love this team so much. We're going to come out. We're going to win by 30. Every guy on the team is going to get a three-pointer. That's how much we love this team, and we want to keep it that way. And that's the way it is tonight. It's like, no additions, please. I love this team. <laughs> what, yeah. else do you wanna, what else do you want to add to this, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the way that they're looking. And again, that versatility. You look so solid minutes. So, so one thing we talked about a little bit on the last podcast is, you know, what do the Suns do when Booker and Chris Paul both sit and it's something that you don't see very often again Monty really wants to make sure that he has one of those two guys on the court for multiple reasons you have somebody who can score whenever they want somebody who can play make and somebody who's a leader on the court at all times but he started to experiment over these last few games since the all-star break with lineups that don't include both of them on there so there were solid minutes tonight for uh, Payne Galloway Javon Carter Frank Kaminsky and Saric that was the rotation that he went with in the first half. And that uh, that was actually a plus four lineup, which I found really mm-hmm. interesting. Because again, now again, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't the team that has always that is the thorn in our side. You know, they're a team that I think they're what, like 16 and 19 now? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly. So they're not they're a team that's not a really good three-point shooting team. But when you deploy a lineup of Payne, Galloway, Carter, Kaminsky, and Saric, 
you're hoping to maintain some sense of offense until Booker comes back, until Chris Paul comes back. We saw the Suns do something similar against the Pacers in the last game, and they were a negative 13 in like two minutes. I mean, they instantly yeah. got got bulldozed by the Pacers, <laughs> and he had to bring Chris Paul right back in and kind of reset everything. And because of that stretch, the Suns were playing catch-up the rest of the game. This lineup was a plus four. What did you like about that lineup? I thought it was interesting, and um, you, when you when you talk about them, you you might think like, oh, they're just going to shoot the ball. They're going to find a way to score the basketball, but they actually moved the ball around, and I thought that that was the best part of it. They were finding each other. Uh, Payne had four assists. Sarge had two. Linkson Galloway, two assists. I mean, that's good to see from him. Javon Carter, two assists. So, I mean, they had lengthy minutes, but at the same time, they're just trying to find each other, and they're, they're out there on the court, and I think if they each are – if they're spreading the ball around – then they can get their shot. I mean, they're they're very quick at getting the ball out of their hands too. They just they they have a knack to where when they catch the ball and someone's open, someone cuts, they're gonna hit that guy. That's what they're looking for when they get the ball. Because when you were gonna, if you were to tell me this lineup in the beginning of the season, I'd be like, oh, these guys are looking just to shoot. Cameron Payne around the rim, of course, the three pointer. Javon Carter just shooting the three. That wasn't really the case. Maybe towards the end of the game, Javon Carter, yeah, getting some threes up, but it wasn't the case. They just try to find each other, and that's what you want to see from the bench. No matter who's on the court, just moving the ball around. No, agreed, and they played some defense. They have the ability to move the ball around. I mean, the ball movement of this team is unbelievably crisp and something to be admired. Let's see, 47 total made field goals for the Suns in this game, 28 assists on those made field goals. And you look conversely, the uh, the Grizzlies had 38 makes and they had 15 assists. So again, the Suns are yeah. one of the best teams in the league in assisting and and moving the ball around. It's just a thing of beauty. It reminds me, you know, it it, it kills me to say this, but this team truly reminds me of like those mid 2000s Spurs teams. They really do, and like the 2014 Spurs that had Kawhi on them. Those were teams that were expert at at putting you in mismatches simply by moving the ball around. They played defense. They slowed the game down. We know it as Suns fans because the seven seconds, the seven seconds or less Suns were trying to speed you up and run you off the court. And they methodically would slow you down. They would cut, they would slash, and then they would move the ball around and get the open shots. And that's what this team is doing right now. And it's again, I think it's sustainable headed towards those playoffs. And that's why we might make some waves is because we can beat you one offensively in so many different ways two defensively in so many ways. And three with the pace of play that this team has, it's just, it's really impressive. And then to see Monty Williams experiment with lineups again, when you have a lineup where it's Cameron Payne, Langston Galloway, Javon Carter. So I guess Galloway is your small forward there. Then you have Frank Kaminsky and Saric to try to try to shore up the the rebounding in the front line. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You look at the second half, and well, I'll I'll get to the second half in a second. How about the Suns in the second quarter? Fifteen for twenty one. That's seventy one point four percent shooting, man. So you have this lineup that bridges the gap between CP three and Book. They come in, they hold it down, they're a plus four. CP3 and Book come back, staggered in both of them. And then the team overall shoots 71.4% in the second quarter. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, oh, it's good to see you again, Suns. Yeah, I know. And it was last game where it was the second quarter where the Suns kind of lost it. They just came out flat-footed. They were turning the ball over, 14 turnovers or something. 
very early in that game, I think midway through the third. So that was a difference in this game is they came in and just handled the ball. They didn't turn the ball over, but they were still moving the ball. So they weren't scared to actually pass the ball to each other without turning the ball over. They were actually, their playmaking skills were very high tonight. And that was really the difference for the Suns with the, with the bench. And I love seeing Dario playing point Dario. I mean, you'd love to see that. Even if he is like the second big on the floor, you know he's re- willing to pass the ball. And uh, Galloway himself, I mentioned earlier where he's just trying to score from all angles. He's he too is just trying to find anybody that's open. He's he too knows that Monty's looking at this group and knowing that they're not going to be selfish because usually players that are losing minutes might come in and just look to score. They might come in to just try to get to the rim, maybe shoot a couple threes. If they go in, get hot, that's good. You know for next game, okay, we can count on these. Or Monty might think, I can count on this guy to come in to get to get hot. Usually that's Galloway's thing, but mm-hmm. it's not really. like This team just knows that Monty wants them to pass the ball, move the ball to 0.7 seconds, if it even exists anymore. It's kind of a thing. I'm not too sure if it is, but Galloway, everyone you named on that start in the that were playing in the second quarter, that was the real difference. Even if Memphis was just hanging around by a thread, they were just there for some reason. You yeah. knew that this team was just so focused to get over what the hell they did last game. No, I completely agree. And you can tell that Monty had them ready to play. Now we move it to like the second half, and you saw mm-hmm. an extreme small ball lineup. This was CP3, C4, Langston Galloway, Campaign, and Dario. That was a lineup tonight, folks. You had three, all, all, <laughs> yeah. all three of our point guards, Langston Galloway and Dario. And every one of those guys is a playmaker. You know, I, I was trying to come up with funny names for that lineup. I was coming, you know, like Dario and, and, like, I don't know. I, I was like, I was going to say like Dario and the dwarves, but like, I don't want to get canceled or whatever. Um, so I in the dwarves? <laughs> That's fine. You can call them the dwarves. dwarves. I don't know. I um, mean, they're, really, they're not dwarves in real life, so they wouldn't care. Okay. Wouldn't yeah. But I mean, sing a song for the little men and that was them. And I think that, you know, <laughs> I, I came up with, you know, just it's that that's a great playmaking lineup. It's the playmakers, mm-hmm. you know, because every one of those, including Point Dario, as you mentioned, has the ability to make uh, passes and again keep that ball movement going and again i think it's so vital you know we, we've e- we've exited kind of one period of the season and we're entering this next period where again Monty's going to really start to experiment with these lineups to see what's effective to see what works to see what chemistry can be built for this team so when the, we enter the playoffs if there comes a matchup if we get you know if it's, a, it's a second round and you know for some reason we end up playing the mavs there's going to be a lineup that he's going to be like, this is my starting lineup. And then if I want to kind of spin something on these guys, I could throw this lineup lineup at him. Or maybe it's game three against somebody and you want to try something different and try to, you know, and you know, it works. And these guys know it works because they've seen it happen in a game at home against Memphis in March. Can you imagine the headache though, of him having to deal with that instead of just playing your best players out there? Like Mike D'Antoni used to do six to seven players a game, like the headache of just trying to get these matchups out there. And if they don't work, then the flack you get from it not working, almost like not putting your job on the line this year, of course, because of course. you're playing so fantastic. But I mean, in a year where maybe you're not doing too well, the coaches that do that, it's just so much pressure on them to get these lineups right because it does matter. It's things that we can't even really acknowledge. The, the statistics they have, of course, we have the advanced stats, but then when they're going into depth of who they're going to play, the matchups and all that, the tape they watch, all of that comes into who they're going to play against who. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, someone's coming off the bench. We're going to match that. That's what the Suns are doing this year instead of just playing their best players. Because right now, I mean, 
you know, we're a very good team. We're missing just the one thing that might get us over the hump. So I think Monty's really trying to figure it out now, you know, and maybe before the trade deadline, who knows? Maybe there's plenty of reasons for it, but just want to throw that one. Well, out. but another reason is, I mean, this these are the dog days of the season. So you're going to play very deep games. I mean, let's see. The Suns had a total of one, two, three, four, five. So 10 total players. Oh, that's no, nope, that's yeah. enough. Scarcely. So yeah, five for the Suns as well. So they had a total, no, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six. So 11 total players played for the Suns tonight. Yes, when we get to the playoffs, all those minutes are going to be fine-tuned down to eight players, to our best eight players. That's how you do it in the playoffs. But what you have to do to get through the season is you have to throw the Langston Galloways out there. You have to keep everybody on this team engaged. And Mm -hmm. the nice thing, again, we're going back to what we said. This is a team full of professionals, and they know how to respond accordingly to when their number is called. So, uh, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's Aiden Watch 2021. DeAndre Aiden, Aiden Watch. Obviously, he didn't play in the fourth quarter against the uh, Indiana Pacers. He didn't play in the game prior to that in the fourth quarter, too. Uh, Suns Twitter and Facebook is, you know what sucks? is when the Suns lose afterwards, somehow, some way, it's always Aiden's fault. I mean, he had the best game last game. 14 and 12, statistically, it was the best game. He didn't dunk over Miles Turner, so therefore, all of Sun's Twitter and Facebook uh, wants to trade him, thinks he's a, he's soft, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, then you watch this game where he has to take on another tough big, Jonas Valachunas, who ends with 24 and 17. 24 and 17 for Valachunas. Was that Aiden's fault? I don't think so. Do you? Um... No, I mean, okay, there's only one thing. DA had a good game tonight. He did, well, I'll talk about just like maybe five minutes. He played really, really fucking good. But the other minutes were like, they're kind of decent. But the only thing he missed is just getting that butt against Valanchunas, putting his body against him, getting him out as much as he can, get him out of the paint. And I just had a little stroke there. I don't know if you saw that. Getting him out of the paint as much as he can because he's still using his hands, trying to push him out of the way with his elbows. You can't do that with that dude. Dude, that guy's butt weighs 200 pounds by itself. You just got to put your hips into him <laughs> as much as you can to get him out of the way. That's the only thing tonight I think Aiden needs to work on, of course. And plus, Aiden, he has to watch out. Ryan Rosillo is watching him. If you listen to Ryan Rosillo's podcast, yeah. he's one of the players that he's watching to see how he develops this year. Um, but just those five minutes I was talking about, I think maybe it was four minutes where Valanchunas Aiden was coming down. It was, he was trying to play defensive against Valanchunas. Valanchunas hit him. I don't know if you saw, he like hit him with his Mm -hmm. shoulder really hard. Right after that dude, Aiden got right back into the game. He played like the best four minutes I've seen in a long time. And he's like the only guy where I get off my seat and get pumped. Aiden's the only guy on this team that can do that to me right now for some reason, because when he does it, it's electric. But after that, he had the block then he had the up and under move, which was the up and under move, which was just great. He had the yes. pump fake, went underneath. Uh, then he had a good block out, offensive rebound, and then the one-handed defensive rebound. Like that was just electric Aiden. So I don't know if it took Valanciunas to hit him to be like, okay, now I can feel him. Now I can feel his body. You know, it wasn't even too bad because he gave him all he all he could. And Aiden was just like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't even that bad. So I can go at him. And then to finish the first half, he played great. Second half, it was okay. The Suns were already pulling away, so I don't really want to talk too much about that. But how do you think he did, John? I think it was a great game by DA. Uh, you know, one thing you look at, okay, if you look at the box score, 24 and 17 for Valdunas, uh, 13 and 12 in the first half. So he definitely was having his way in the paint. 
But what you have to realize is DA for the majority of those possessions wasn't on Valachunas. He started on Valachunas and then CP3 was on John ja Morant, got blown by. So DA brought the help defense and he went up and he he deterred a lot of shots for John ja Morant. You look at Morant's final line, he had 15 points on four of 12 shooting. Of those 15 points, seven of them came at the line. John ja Morant did not have a good game tonight. He only had four assists. Okay. A lot of that comes from. DA clogging the paint. What's unfortunate is after he challenged the shots of John Morant, John Morant missed those shots. Valanciunas was there to mop up the boards and to get the points because there was no help defense coming to help Aiton out. So, so many times DeAndre Aiton is left on an island and he has to defend these stellar players. And if somebody scores, you know, again, he, he's a horrible person. I just, we've talked about it before. And, and you know, I'll, I'll say it again when it comes to DeAndre Aiton. Like, remember Booker near three? inconsistent as hell and the Suns were losing right now da is yeah. growing and we're winning it's like hannah montana man we're getting the best of both worlds right now he's not going to be you know that that's everybody's biggest thing oh, you know he God. has nights like tonight and there's like well why doesn't he do this every night it's like the kid's 22 years old okay he's mm-hmm. not going to do it every night he he just he, he can't I mean, I don't know a 22-year-old. Think about this. Okay, you talk about Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaq and Patrick Ewing and and Robinson. All those guys were older than D.A. coming out of college when they were rookies. D.A.'s 22 years old, and he's still growing. He's showing us those capabilities that he can score, that he can obviously play the defense, that he can rebound. And you're right. He does need to get more physical. We've said that. Everybody says that. We want him to be more physical, knowing that he's more finesse. He is a modern big. He is somebody who has the capability to move laterally, defend laterally, alter shots, and still grab some boards. Can he grab more boards? Yes. Can he throw them down with a little bit more ferocity? Sure. But you know what? He got a nice alley-oop dunk from Chris Paul. No one on Twitter said shit. You know, it's like, but if he was to lay that one in, oh, God, it's the end of the world. It's like, you know what? DA's going to be yeah. fine. We are having a great season with him while he's still learning. In two or three years, it's he's just going to be entering his prime. He's not even close to his prime yet as a player. So I don't know why we're expecting him to be prime DA when he's in year year three, and in all reality, let's see how many total games has DA played in his career up to this five, point? Four, five, five, four games. Four games. <laughs> no, he's played this tonight was game one forty five in his career. That's not mm-hmm. even a full second season. Okay, a full se- second season would be sixty four. He's at one forty five. Has a lot of room for progression, and yeah, he's not going to have you know, 20 and 10 every night. And then you go and you see players like Valachunas play and you're like, well, that's what DA should be. I think that DA should be Jonas Valanchunas. I mean, I mean, look at that 24 and 17. Those are the numbers that Val- that DA should be putting up. Valanchunas is in his ninth year in the league. Aiden's played 146 games. I mean, tomato, tomato. Yeah. I mean, we got it. We got to. I, I don't know why there's such uh, a short fuse on DA. I, I still just don't get it. <laughs> Okay, so the short fuse thing, it just has to do with our chances to win a championship this year. That's it. Booker, you talked about. I mean, I've pretty much said this a lot of times. I think Booker had the chance, of course, to learn and just develop himself because the Suns were losing. But I feel like even if the Suns were losing or mediocre, we would still get on DA. The thing is, big men do take long to be elite stars in the NBA. They do. Valanciunas, like you said, is older. Uh, Vucevic with the with the Magic, just two or three years ago, first time All Star. He's thirty years old, so it yeah. takes a long time for these guys to get developed. The only thing is, is the Suns' window to win a championship. So that's the thing we have to worry about. 
that's the only reason I think people are so like worried about him not being the guy that can carry us to a championship this year or next year. He'll be really good in five years. Mm-hmm. Not five years from now, in his fifth year, I mean. But it's just it might not be enough for us to get over the hump this year with the way he's playing. That's the only thing. Agreed. You know, Agreed. if the Suns want to go all out and they trade him for somebody, which they can't, unless they're getting Giannis back, unless they're getting Giannis, that's all you can get back for him as a Giannis player to win a championship. Unless it's that, that's fine. Anything else is not going to work. We had just have to deal with this. It's just the, it's a growth in the development we're watching, of course. And if we're frustrated, we can talk about it. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with that because the coaches in DeAndre and they're talking about it too. The fans, they can talk about it. We all can talk about it. No one hates the guy and no one wants to get him traded unless it's for Giannis. So, I mean, we that's why we have Aiden Watch. And this is my favorite segment ever. Because it's <laughs> always love- someone, someone gets hot-headed. I love it. Yeah, somebody always gets pissed off. And, you know, you're right. We're fans and we love this team. And, of course, we want more from him. But I want more from every player. And I think, mm-hmm. obviously, because he carries that moniker of being the number one pick, the expectation is that he should be our second primary scorer on this team. We want Shaq and Kobe. Well, remember Shaq and Kobe – you know, Booker in the Kobe mode, uh, Aiton supposed to be Shaq. By the time Shaq won his first championship with the Los Angeles Lakers, he was seven or eight years in. Okay. Again, like you have to allow some yeah, time to times. develop. So, I mean, I get it. And, and you're right. You know, there, that might be a challenge we run into in the playoffs this year is Aiton's just not there as a player yet to get us over that hump on the interior. And maybe he'll be better next year and the following year. And, you know, that window is very short right now because of Chris Paul, but it's still a little bit more. It's still extended, if you will, because we have Booker, our primary scorer, doing what he's doing. And we have him under contract for the next four years. You know, outside of Booker, Booker scores 25 points a game. We have, what, five players who score between 10 and 15 points with Aiton being second highest with 14.4, I believe it is. I was was on uh, Twitter today looking at it. So, I mean... He's he's right. You know, it, it's a team game right now. We, we talk about all these things that make the Suns fun to watch. The ball movement, the assists, the defense, uh, their, their three-point shooting, you know, and that shooting comes off of the high pick and roll and, and, and wide open shooters. And again, the ball movement. And so much of what we love is because we play a team game. And just because DA isn't scoring 20 points and getting 15 rebounds doesn't mean we're not a successful team. At the end of the day, he, here's the other side of this too. We're watching him learn. We're watching him grow. We're still winning. And because he's not going butt fucking crazy, because he's not putting up 20 and 15, when the extensions and and when both him and Mikhail become ext- uh, uh, eligible for extensions this offseason, the Suns are going to have a little bit of leeway. They're going to have the ability to go, listen, DA, we might want to make wait another year, give, give you another year of development before we work on any extension. And let's kind of spend that money on Mikhail Bridges right now because Mikhail is more of a complete player or, or headed towards that way, more becoming a Scotty Pippen type player. You know, but again, let, let, let's just look at this. And I saw a great meme, and I wish I would have put it on here. It showed like kind of uh, you know, the Suns when you just when you discuss Mikhail Bridges, and it's like the Knights of the Round Table. It's like the Suns when you discuss or Suns fans when they discuss. DeAndre Aiden is a bunch of people just beating the shit out of each other. Because he's the number one pick. That's the only reason. Well, exactly, exactly. But still, I mean, both are third-year players, all right? DA tonight, 15 points, nine boards, six of nine shooting. Okay, Mikel Bridges, seven points, four assists, three rebounds, two of five shooting, 0 for 2 from 3, and both of those threes look bad, dude. So, I mean, they both bring different things. They both are different, com- completely different players. And we might have the ability to extend Mikel Bridges this offseason – and go, hey, DA, wait, because you're only getting 14 and 12 right now. Yeah, you could. Or also you could tell DA, hey, if you wait one more year, like Dak Prescott, 
you'll get a lot more money. <laughs> you'll get paid a lot more money, especially if you go out there and put up great stats and those teams in the championship next year, you're going to get paid. Because also, you have to think of Chris Paul being there. I know I say a window, but if you really think about it, maybe he's just a guy to Devin Booker and, and DA just to help them learn how to win, play the right way, and then they can carry that on after. I mean, I'm not saying they have to win a championship now, but winning for the next 10 years is really great. And of course, I want a championship, but Hell if this yeah. team is just built for winning for the next 10 years with Booker and DA from Chris Paul, that's great too as well. But, oh, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> 35 minutes in. <laughs> Hashtag two as well. I don't I don't even think I have that anymore. I think you've been doing such a good job. I took that yeah, banner that's... off of here. But you know what? I get your point, and I think you're right. And again, <laughs> we're winning with DA learning, and I think that that's a good, positive yeah. thing for the Suns. Exactly. One thing I wanted to talk about as well is, is John Morant, okay? You know, again, we talked yeah. about, you know, so he didn't have the greatest game, even though early on the refs were like letting him take all of the steps. He had like two travels in the first five minutes. They weren't calling him. I can't tell with that guy. If he travels or not, I cannot tell. He's just so quick for me. I can't keep up. Yeah, he's he's quick. Whenever I watch John Morant, it's I, I'm frustrated. And oh, I'm, what? Don't be, do this. Because he should be ours. I have a oh, frustration okay, because I wish about his play. Could, <laughs> no, because he should be a son. And it's still frustrating. Yeah. You know, whenever you watch Luka Doncic, you know, and there's always the DA Luka Doncic comparisons, what have you. Even if Luka was a son, he's really hard to watch, man. Like it, it's a hard brand of basketball to watch. Then you have John Rant, who's fun, who elevates, who dunks, who's, you know, looks like he's got, you know, I gave him the son's jam session jammy award for the Jesse Katsopoulos award for, mm -hmm. for the best hair in the league. And he's so much fun to watch. It just makes me sad because the Suns had the second worst record in the league that year. They had an opportunity to get the second overall pick. They dropped all the way to six. Now, granted, we got Dario and we got uh, Cameron Johnson out of the deal. But if everything would have fallen the way it should have, we would have had a backcourt of John Morant and Devin Booker. And whenever I see him play, it just makes me sad because I wish he was one of ours. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, he would have been one pick for sure that's a superstar. Like, automatically. We knew it. He had so many aw shit moments. Like, oh, my God, are you serious? When he was playing college ball. Oh, we man. were Remember every night? We were, every night he was playing, we were, we were there watching him. Because well, that guy was amazing to watch. Well, remember how we were like in on him very early? And then he had that tournament game with, mm -hmm. uh, God, where did he go? Murray State. And he had a triple-double in the first round. And all of a sudden, he was on everybody's radar. I was like, fuck. Even if we drop to like the fourth pick, we're not going to have a shot at this guy. Because nope. now everybody knows him. And sure enough, Zion went number He's one. amazing. John Morant went number two. And again, he had an off night. And I'm glad he well, had an Mikhail off Bridges night. Mikhail Bridges too, right? Mikhail well, Mikhail Bridges and, Mikhail Bridges and, and, and CP3 on offense. CP3, because John Morant was, was uh, guarding CP3, CP3 took him to school tonight, boy. I mean, he, I think he had 10 shots in the same exact spot. He kept, you know, how he <laughs> got there was different every time, yeah. but he always ended up in that same CP3 spot. Paul ended with nine for 11 shooting and 18 total points with seven assists. And it was, I mean, he really took the young kid to school tonight, man. Those all came in the third quarter, I think. Cause pretty much. I Chris Paul had his thing going with DA and the pick and roll. I think him and Crowder and DA, they had like a triangle thing going on. It was like six or seven straight plays. Six or seven straight. It could have been the mm -hmm. whole rest of the game if they wanted. Either it could Crowder's have. It was there. 
Crowder's open for three. DA's there, maybe. Chris is in his spot. What else can he ask for? Oh, yeah, Devin Booker needs to touch the ball. So then you got to get give it to him and have him try to do it once in a while. But if it, was, if it was the rest of the game, then playing that way, that's basically what pulled him away was that play by them, all three of those guys. Um, but, I mean, if, if D-Book can get that going with those two, uh, maybe the other side, like the triangle offense, that would have been fun to watch too. But uh, Chris Paul, that was dude, that was absolutely great. Getting to his spot again after a rough night the other night. Yeah, yeah, he definitely needed to f- see the ball go in and and feel confident mm-hmm. about himself. And again, the young John Moran, he got an opportunity to sit back, take out his notepad, and just start watching how to the master on offense can facilitate and score. That's surreal, right? Oh, it Playing was against it was, that guy. It was really fun to watch, and man. I still wish John Rant was one of ours. This is a reminder to everybody who is watching along live on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button and hit the little bell to remind you that when we go live after every Suns game, it'll send you a notification to your little phone there. Little phone. I just got a new uh, iPhone. Oh, you got a new one, huh? uh, 12 Pro. Because you just paid it off. You paid off the other one. I paid the other one off a while ago, and it was a 10, and the battery just would zap on the thing. Typical Apple, man. It's how they always get you, dude. How do you like the phone? Nice. It reminds me of my iPhone, reminds right? me of my it's other same one. Same thing. So. Same thing, right? <laughs> it reminds me of my other one. It just it stays charged. But this and if again, if you're watching or if you're listening to the podcast on the Brightside Podcast Network, subscribe, rate, and, and review. review. Um, let's see what else did I want to talk about real quick. Uh, random oh. whistles. Yo, yeah. What was that? Was that the Coyotes game or the the Arizona Rattlers? Were they playing next door or something? What was that? Real quick, Dave King just popped in the chat. Yeah, he no. said, hey there, can we keep DA, please? I think he earned his spot tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what a flip-flopper, Dave uh, King. <laughs> it's true, man. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. And then Nikki Tan, one of our loyal listeners, uh, says, preach at Dave King. So, um, But yeah, Everyone those can. whistles were really... Uh, I don't know what that was. and, and I think It was interference. It, the players yeah, didn't hear it. No, yeah, the players just kept playing. D book hit that three, and I was just like, "Was that yeah. a foul?" Like everyone kept playing. What's going on? I know, and I thought he did hear it, and I thought he was just walking to the bench, like, "Please don't say anything. Please don't say anything." Because he I hit know. that three. You know how precious those threes are for D book, dude. He he kills himself on them whenever he misses them. So when they go in, just leave it alone, please. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and then you hear kind of like the underlying broadcast. So Fox Sports Arizona, you really, you really were messing with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of our feelings today, man. I was kind of yeah. like, what is going on here? That was confusing. Um, another guy, feelings. another guy we haven't talked about yet, but we most definitely should is uh, our buddy, Devin Booker, man, 27 points, five assists, four rebounds, 10 for 19 shooting. So 19 shots, 27 points. Can't argue with that. And then of course, it. and then of course he had probably the best, you know me, okay? If you're if you're a Suns Jam session <laughs> listener, you know there's like I have like my list of five guys in the league I just can't stand, okay? And uh, probably at the top of that list is Dylan Brooks. This guy annoys me. He he bangs his head. He's yelling. He's screaming. And you can hear it even more in these games he's in ugly. which yeah, he's ugly. I mean, his I I don't like the haircut. I don't like the I don't like anything about Dylan Brooks. Not one thing. And then of course, I mean, it could have been the Sports Center moment because he missed the three, but you had this play. How did how did he miss the three ankles. though? Damn it! Book would have made oh, that. Three. If he had hit that three, Damn, man, so I swear. That was. What did you think of that play? I, I thought about you when it happens because every time I see Dylan Brooks, I think about you. 
And I uh, was very happy because this game, I felt like, was a little bit more tense between the two. I mean, I know they talk, but this one, they were, like, all over each other, talking, you know, like, bumping bodies and just, like, sweating all over each other. And I'll stop there. But it was a lot. It was a lot going on. And Deep Book definitely won that matchup. Dylan Brooks got his feelings hurt tonight bad. Really bad. Yeah, big time. I mean, it was... uh, Yeah. Brooks is typically somebody who gives... Booker fits, but Booker also has really good games against the Grizzlies because of it. Booker likes that competition. Yes. He likes that fire. He likes to have somebody try to challenge his basketball IQ and his manhood, and he generally responds pretty well. And he did it again tonight with those 27 points, uh, again, showing that he is one of those players who, you know, if you try to push him around a little bit, he's going to score on you, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was just thinking about something. All right. Oh, well, what, what, what were we thinking about there? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Wasn't thinking right. of a darn thing. So I guess that brings us to our next <laughs> segment. Well, hold on. Let's bring the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. He didn't necessarily score a shit ton of points. Uh, he went four freight from the field, two for five from downtown. Yeah. Uh, Duke's own late. Grayson Allen. Yeah, late. Late in the game. He got heated up. He had a heat yeah. shot or a heat check. Um, honestly, when I see that guy, I think about this award. But even before the game starts, I'm like, please don't let this be that kind of game. But you look at Memphis too; they're back a point guard situation. Tyrus Jones, him, like they have some good players there that are really hustle players. You know, you, you think they're going to shoot the three, but they don't. They can take it to the rim too. And I and I was like hoping, I'm like, please, Grayson Allen, don't get hot tonight. All right, I don't want him on our show. I don't want him to be a special guest. I want it just to be John and I tonight, and it wasn't. I mean, he he saved it for later on in the game where it didn't even matter. Yeah, and you can have all those in, in those late game ones that you don't really matter on the scoreboard necessarily against us. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Grayson Allen's another one of those players who he he annoys me just because he went to Duke. There's a lot of dookies out there in fact i was thinking about that during the all-star game and we didn't bring it up on our uh watch party but the fact that team durant started three guys went to duke i, I should have known right there they were gonna fail so um yeah i didn't think about as, that. as jones and since 80 says i feel for alan naturally unlikable that's you know he's a guy who kind of mm-hmm. did it to himself he was out there tripping players when he was in college and yeah doesn't necessarily always play the, the right 80s, way i know back, i don't remember when he when he graduate like five years ago four years ago yeah so Jam Star of the Game. All right, Matthew, it's that time. The Jam Star of the Game. Who are you bestowing this honor upon in this one? I'm going with sticks. Three solid minutes. So a good box out late in the game. Good box out. Wait, now I'm going to go he had an one, too. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did. I'm sorry. I, I think I was like around getting ready for the setting up for the podcast. So I might have missed that one. Um, no, it's Devin Booker. I mean, we have the superstar now that just can come in and just do whatever the hell he wants. That's what he did tonight. He did whatever the heck he wanted tonight. Excuse my language before, but he absolutely did, dude. He was on fire. I think he started off the game. I put three for eight. I was like, shit, it's another bad Booker game. Are we going to start talking about injuries and stuff like that? It wasn't even that. He shut me up real quick because the rest of his game, he played pretty much flawless, right? Offensively, defensively, he was a maniac too, I thought. And uh, I'm going to give it to Book. I'm going to have to agree with you. Eddie mentioned it on the broadcast. He says, look how much energy Devin Booker has. 
because he doesn't have to carry the team anymore because yeah. he's not the primary ball handler. And when he has the opportunity to score, that's what he does. He's big dick book, man. I mean, yeah. he's the guy who he, he is our superstar. He is our all-star. And it was an easy 27 for him tonight, man. The fact that he was hitting the, he hit three from downtown on eight attempts makes me happy because he's, you know, he's shooting more threes and he's somebody who is, it always puzzles me about Devin Booker. It's like he can score in so many ways, but he like, you give him a wide open three and he just, he can't hit it. Like he's got Dylan, frustrating. He's got Dylan Brooks lying on the ground, both of his ankles broken, his, his Jerry curl uh, goatee quietly flowing in the wind as he sits there crying. Devin Booker looks down at him and bricks the three. It's like, fuck, man, that could have been your ESPN moment. But, I mean, again, he's, he makes it look so easy. He was a plus 17 tonight. Uh, he is the jam star of the game, in my opinion. You go down the line, you got some love for CP3. You got some love for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Jones and since 80 says book and CP3 are the co-jam stars. Uh, Nicholas Tan says CP3, DA, CP3. So, I mean, a lot of people, um, Greg, uh, or I'm sorry, Gary Pickney says uh, Booker bar none. So you're you're getting a lot of different looks uh, or different opinions from the Jamsters, and as well they should. You know, Da had that yeah. solid game again. He had 15 points, but he also had three blocks and nine uh, rebounds, and those blocks were sexy as hell. He also had two steals. I mean, so a great defensive game from DeAndre Ayton, the guy who clearly needs to be traded off of this team because he just is so inconsistent. It's just. I mean, have you watched the Suns for the past 10 years? They've been inconsistent the whole time. You think we'd be used to it. Like, Jesus Christ. Lord say <laughs> no, we we expect ex- uh, perfection, but I'm not even going to like comment on what you're saying because I might say to trade them next game if they lose. So I'm okay. that guy. No, you are that guy. You are that guy. Guess what? All right. It's the Let's guess what segment, and I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> All right. So the first question that we asked. Oh, sorry. Matthew's the jam star. <laughs> the first question that we asked: more offensive rebounds, Aiton or Valachunas? Valachunas had eight offensive rebounds. Valachunas, DeAndre Aiton had three. Matthew, yeah, the big Viagra gets it done again. <laughs> big Viagra. Val- oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Anything there. that starts with a V, just call it yeah. Viagra. Voida. Okay, thanks, man. Yeah. Darth, Darth Viagra. Is that my new name? Jesus. All right. More assists in this game. CP3 or jaw. I think we both said something. I don't remember. But if you look at it again, John Morant had four and CP3 had seven. Who wins? Suns or Grizzlies? I said Suns. Suns. Matthew said Grizzlies. Yeah. So therefore, I I gained that game back on him that I lost after Portland. I am 14 and 9. I like a competition. I did it for a reason. 16 and 7. So Mm -hmm. boom shakalaka. So here we go. Next game. Is it till Thursday? So we actually have the next two nights off until the Suns play a back-to-back against the worst team in the league, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, What are you looking at? Or the Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) The Minnesota Timberwolves. The Thunder Grizzly Wolves. What What are you looking looking for in this game? Oh, Edwards. I can't wait to watch this guy. He actually, he's been, the highlight reel has been zooming, dude. This guy is really actually putting a name up there. None of the, nothing I just said made any sense. I, I want to really see him play. Up there. I mean, Cat. I know, dude. I'm struggling. I want to see Blake Griffin play for the Nets. <laughs> so, I, who cares? So, this is going to be a shitty game. Suns win or whatever. Let's just get over with. Uh, well, I'll tell what you. Are you. What are you thinking? 
Well, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, the gri- the the Timberwolves <laughs> keep calling them the Grizzlies. The Timberwolves are a team that you, you always got to watch out for. It, okay, when you when you play these lowly teams, one they can always come up and bite you. Two, you're playing against Ricky Rubio, his homecoming back to Phoenix. And three, this team has won two out of its last three since the All-Star break. They beat the New Orleans Pelicans by 30 points. Then they lost their next game to Portland by four. And then they beat Portland by two on a back-to-back against Portland. They're a team that is spicy. They have scores. They have, like you said, Anthony Edwards, man. I mean, he is a uh, really phenomenal talent. You know, is he worthy of the number one pick overall in last year's draft? Probably not. I think we can both agree that LaMelo Ball is the best rookie, but he is definitely making his name for himself as from a scoring standpoint. I mean, he's he's built to score, and the the Timberwolves are just saying, go for it, dude. Just you know, show us what you got. And he's really starting to take advantage of that as he's been starting games as of late. Of course, we want to watch Cardinal Anthony Towns and see how he's progressing. He's not somebody who who DeAndre Ayton does a good job playing against, and I'm looking forward to that matchup, obviously. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, he 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 really owns him. So I'm interested to see that. And uh, you know, st- they still don't have D'Angelo Russell playing, but this is a team that can come up and bite you. It's, it's going to be a back to back, and you know, whenever we have these back to backs against the same team that only the 2020 2021 season can provide, you really have to go out there and try to win that first game. You don't want to lose that first one. Yeah, well, Papa Ricky stay in Phoenix too after the game. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he never goes back to Minnesota. Maybe he stays here in Phoenix and helps the Suns. I really I, wish that the Timberwolves would just buy him out and the Suns could bring him back on the team. Awesome. That, that, would, that would be everything. All right, who has more three-point attempts in this game, Matthew? Devin Booker, who shot Cat. eight tonight, or Carl Anthony Towns? I'm going Cat. I think that's all he can do right now. His game has really fallen off this year. I mean, of course, the tragedy in his family and everything that's going on. He, just, he needs a year off. I think he's just going to shoot threes and do what he does on defense and not play defense. And uh, I'm going to choose Cat in this one. But uh, I don't know, Booker. I don't like Booker shooting more threes than the other guy anymore. So I'm always going to choose the other guy. Well, what's interesting about Carl Anthony Towns is he's shooting 5.2 three-point attempts per game. And Devin Booker is shooting 5.6. So that right there should show you what this team is about, how are, how they operate. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say Booker is just because he is the guard, whatever. He's smaller. Who over under bridges points 11 and a half more off night tonight. I love him getting to the rim though. Keep doing that. The two threes he said, I didn't even know he even shot threes tonight because oh, he was getting the, to the rim were, so much. I love it. They were bad. <laughs> yeah. I Maybe I just blacked them out, but bridges for sure. I think it was going to go over. I think he always has bounce back games off of like off nights where he has those Josh Jackson stats that I hate to see like the seven points, three rebounds. So he's going to come back and he's going to, I see he gets 20 to 20 of this game. Okay. I, I see. I agree with you here because this is a team that doesn't play any defense whatsoever. I mean, there's a reason that the Minnesota Timberwolves are, what are they? Nine and 30, something like that. I mean, they're not good. Uh, and it's because they don't play defense. And the, the guy who takes the most advantage when a team doesn't play defense. Yeah. Is Mikhail Bridges. Okay. He's somebody who he cuts. He, he can run the fast break. He's got those long arms of the law when he's trying to uh, lay the ball in. And then if he hits a couple more of those threes, I mean, yeah, he's easily over 11 and a half points. Matthew, here we go. Sons or Wolves? Should I let you really back in? Come on, man. Come on. Let's make this interesting. I'm a nice guy. Uh, I'm going to give 
I'm gonna give the Suns a little bit of hope. You know, it's been a tough season for the Suns. They played pretty shitty as of late. So I'm gonna go Suns. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just want to get people riled up. They're a little bored right now. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's I like... wanted to do it next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the all Suns right. should in in you know for all intensive purposes, the Suns should win this game. Um, I really think that. It's a team that you have to put away early. You know, it's you can use all the cliches you want as a relative to this game. They should put them away early. They're a team that you got to watch out because they're going to bite you. Yada yada yada. The Suns should beat them, and it's just plain and simple. And then following that, they play the Wolves the next night, so it'll be really interesting. Um, Ryan G asked this in the chat, and I'll ask you, Matthew. I was looking Sh- at that too. Should we add Robin Lopez back to the Suns? I don't know. Rock and Robin, Sideshow Bob, Robin Lopez. No. Why not? There's so many more buyout guys that they're better than Robin Lopez. There's going to be a lot of buyout guys that Suns can get better than Robin Lopez. It sounds fun, but if you're going to be back an old son, bring back Ricky Rubio, and that's about it. <laughs> PJ Tucker. Or PJ Tucker. Oh, I can see. I can totally see. Robin Lopez, you know, he's yeah. kind of what you need. He's a big body who can rebound the ball. He's playing with the Wizards. He up too much. Well, I mean, he just he's kind of fumbling, stumbling. Um, let's see. What what's he got right now? He's 8.1 points per game. He's got 4.2 rebounds per game. He's only playing 20 minutes a game. Well, it's not only, that's a lot of minutes actually for him. His so his per 36 this year is 14 points and seven and a half rebounds. He meets a need, and I can see where Ryan G is coming from when he's when he asks that question. Um, but I think, as a lot of people are saying in the chat, this is a good time to remember to remind everybody: hashtag Javale McGee's the answer. Okay, Bring hashtag Javale McGee. Let's get him here. That's who I think we really want. And you know, he he's a bio guy. Maybe I mean, he only makes four million a year. Man, we could make a trade and bring him here if we want to get rid of somebody along the lines of Etwan Moore. In all honesty, if we wanted to do that, just um, wait for the buyout. There's gonna be guys in buyout. There's gonna be oh, plenty yeah. of guys. Well, that, well, and, and here's the reason the buyout market's gonna be so fruitful this year. It goes back to what I was mentioning earlier on the podcast. So many teams think they're in it this year because the top yeah. ten teams out of sixteen teams in each or fifteen teams in each conference have an opportunity to make it. So that's two thirds of the league is going to the playoffs. So that means only a third of the league isn't going, and of that third of the league. There's teams, probably half of those who are still going to be fighting for that at least opportunity for a 10 spot. So they're not just going to give up guys because they're like, you know, oh, well, it's over. I'm not going to, I'm just going to give it up. Uh, so knowing that, once that kind of the, the trade deadline ends, and then you go a couple more weeks after that, and teams are like, oh shit, yeah, now I'm not making the playoffs. I should have probably traded that guy. Yeah. Then they buy him out for pennies on the dollar. And then they become free agents, and then that's where you can uh, pick up whoever you want. I think that JaVale McGee is somebody who is going to be uh, available and that the Suns should really make a run at. It'll There's... be a son. I can just see it. He's going to be a son. Or else maybe this guy here, too. Ooh, Bender! The dragon. <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> you know, so. Um, so I think that's oh. uh, Dave King. I'd rather have more than Whiteside. Don't ignore the locker room impact. And I know that you've mentioned that as well. That Hassan Whiteside, although he meets that need too, he is a horrible uh, guy in the locker room and not necessarily somebody you want on the team, right? Yeah, there are those guys in the league that just love the lifestyle. Uh, believe it or not, they love just making the money in the hose, him and hairs, whatever. 
right. Boats and hoes, Matthew. <laughs> boats and hoes. Hoes, dude. So. Yeah, that's one of those guys. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up for this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you're watching along live with us again, thank you. Hit the subscribe button. We're getting ever so close to 900 subscribers. That's a big milestone for us. Hell, when we hit a thousand, uh, Matthew's going to do the whole sh- uh, podcast without a shirt on. So we can't wait for that moment. Uh, yep. If you are listening on the Bright Side of the Suns podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We're at 44 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let's get that up to 50. And again, that's a good place to talk to Matthew. If you want to tell him about your favorite Chick-fil-A sandwich, you can do it there. In fact, I didn't even look to see if anybody There's only that. two different kinds. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody yeah, even do that? I didn't even I check. Know. I didn't okay. even check. I didn't check either. Uh, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the PHX Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. And I think that's it for now. Right. Until next time. Yeah, the, the hour goes by fast, my friend. The hour goes by fast. Until next time, take care, everybody. We will see you live after the Suns versus the Timberwolves. All right, everyone go Fuck. home. Love your family. <laughs>